Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Junk Time AFA podcast for late January 2021. We're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios and Rod Carter Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me is a man who has been fired as John Patton's social media manager. It is Adam Rosenbachs. Oh, g'day Michael. Happy New Year, buddy. God, it's just so disappointing to... Start on a bad note, you know. I really wanted to start 2021. You know, we had a shock in 2020 with the the pandemic and everything that's gone down there. And I thought 2021, this is Rosie's year. Start anew. No more 5G. Bill Gates not doing what he does anymore. Gone, gone. The the Proud Boys. We're standing up. We're standing by. We're coming back. We just have one little incident in the capital. We'll be back. You're just mucking anyway. around, having fun, mucking around, we're pumping them up, pumping them up. <laughs> That's what we're doing at the Capitol. We were pumping up the Constitution <laughs> and people took it the wrong way. Anyway, Johnny Patton, good mate of mine. I've known him since his days at GWS. Mm-hmm. I was always a big fan of him as a junior, followed him all the way. He came back to Melbourne and I said, mate, you're going to be at a big club. You can't look after your social media by yourself. You're not at GWS anymore, mate. You're not off the fucking radar. You're in the big you're league. Gonna need, you're in the big league, mate. You're going to need some help. And he said, all right, Rosie, you do what you got to do. And so he would just send me clips and videos and photos and snapchats and tiktoks and all this kind of stuff that i thought was for the general public because hawthorne they're in a bit of a slump i thought they needed new members and i thought what better way to get members on board than to give people an insight into johnny Patton's day day to day i've got what yeah. the, what the, give the people what they want i always say yeah they want to see uh how johnny Patton trains mm-hmm. uh what sort of car he drives what he does uh, in between the hours of, say, uh, midnight and 3am. <laughs> they want to know how Johnny Patton lives his life. Even if you're out to lunch and you're walking down Collins Street and Johnny Patton has just sent me a video of something he may have done, he may have been a little bit amorous, I thought that would get the members on board and turns out he didn't like it. How unfortunate, how unfortunate. It is very unfortunate. But I think this is a, a greater problem. This isn't just a Jonathan Patton problem. This is a Hawthorne problem. John F. Kennedy, I mean, what sort of coat did he wear, Michael? It was a long trench coat. And what sort of people get around in that? I'm not, I'm not saying that he sent out, you know, the occasional uh, lovely air, you know, uh, painting of his uh, manhood, but I'm just putting it out there. This man, what did he have to hide? Well, I actually like the idea that you actually called him John F. Kennedy. I've actually quickly looked him up. John Kennedy Senior. I don't actually have a middle name. Here we go. John James Kennedy. So not John F. Kennedy. But people actually oh. do make that connection, don't they? Well, I guess because he's JFK. And didn't did your John Kennedy get his brains blown out in a car down Glenferry Road? Well, Was we, that him? We did lose um, the uh, club legend Graham Arthur uh, a few weeks ago. And can uh-huh. I tell you a quick story? Uh, I think mm. a friend of the show, Limo, told me this one. Because he would do a gig for Graham Arthur and a few Hawthorne supporters on Grand Final Day over the last few years. Yep. Um, and he said that after the 61 Premiership, uh, you know, it was, you know, 
two hours later, whatever, like, you know, the crowd had left, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Gray Martha was walking out of the ground with the mm-hmm. cup. And there was a bloke there going, oh, Graham, where are you going? He's like, oh, I'm going to Glenfrey Oval, going to the social club. And he's yep. like, mate, I'll give you a lift. And he's like, ah, oh, no, it's all good. I'll catch the train. And he's like, no, nah, mate, I'll give you a lift. Yeah. No, so mate, mate I've, only, I've only had 15 beers. I'll give you a lift. But literally, the premiership captain was going to catch yeah. the train from Richmond Station down to Glenferry after the grand final. Can you, can you imagine 60 years later if that happened? Well, can you imagine someone from uh, Hawthorne getting on public transport? <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, oh, well, please. I, I, and what does one, how does one go? These barriers <laughs> won't open for me. There are people speaking on this carriage. The only thing I can think of is like, you know, when mm. Ben Cousins got up when the egg was won and held the cup up and they, he walked <laughs> yeah, out the front yeah. of the cup and like, Benny, where are you going with yeah. the cup? Uh, cash converters. No big deal. No, 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 no. Ignore it. Ignore it. Ignore yeah. it. I'm just getting the tram down Smith Street. <laughs> All right, Ben. Uh, come back this way. Come back this way. And I know you were just circling back. I know you wanted me to respect John Patton's privacy because that's what Hawthorne asked. But I just thought he didn't respect a lot of people's privacy. So I don't think so, Johnny. You're a low dog, mate. You're a low dog. Yeah. Mate, the Hawks have fallen apart. You like what is going on? Tom Scully's taking time out. Mm-hmm. You're losing John Patton. Isaac Smith got the fuck out of there. I mean, I don't want to say that this club is going to bits, but mate, what round do you say Clarko's gonna get the ass? Four? Five? That's a good question, actually. I think he might be signed for this year and next year. Yeah, and yeah, but you know, but there, yeah. come on, Sam Mitchell, mate, he's ready to take over. He is very ready, yeah, yeah. He's taken over Box Hill. He is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I've been spending a bit of time in Melbourne over the last uh, few weeks. Uh, mm. I came down for Christmas. Uh, saw you. Saw you at the Comics Lounge. And we get to that. I've got a football in real life at the Comics Lounge later on tonight. Oh, we do. Um, but uh, Lids. Um, oh, of course. Lives up the road from your mum and dad. Lives a couple of houses down from mum and dad. And uh, he's fighting fit. He was going to do coaching at Box Hill last year as well as yep. play. So I think that's been put on the back, back shelf. But I wonder if he's doing it this year. I, I, I saw him in real life. Uh, it's not really a football in real life by the fact that like he lives like two doors down. Yeah, you're going to see him all the time. But you yeah. know what you could have done is you, you just play dumb and you go, oh, mate, how um, how many premierships have you played in now? Because um, obviously you you live in you, – you play for Richmond. Well done. He should have gone up and shaken his hands, mate. Three-time premiership player. You never thought this would happen. Fucking fantastic, mate. Dream, dream. <laughs> um, uh, but I, I did get told – And by then just go – Oh, you didn't leave in 2016, did you? <laughs> I mean, you oh, didn't, you no, didn't do something stupid. like. Yeah, just because they missed the finals, you didn't go, oh, fuck, I missed my chance. I better go to GWS. You didn't do that, did you? But did a, you, Lid? A neighbour told you? me that um, uh, Dusty has been there. So I have a, not a footballer in real life, but mm. a Dusty in real life that I didn't see. But I yeah. also, I just love the idea that Dusty was there between the hours of midnight and 3 a.m. Like, I don't want him to be there at noon. Like, you want him to be nah. there late at night. He's not going there for brunch. No, hopefully not. Hopefully he, he not. Might, well, if he is going there for brunch, he's on his way home from somewhere. <laughs> he needs some quick cash. <laughs> and he thought Lids might have done a couple of sporties. And it can help him out. And so how is your... Uh, when, when did we last do a show? Like, December sometime? Yeah, I think it was just before December. Mate, I went to the Boxing Day test. Uh, so Christmas was very quiet. Went to the Boxing Day test. And can I say... Pandemic sport is fucking delightful. Yeah, yeah. So we left. My, I went with uh, Limo, friend of the show. Two mentions already. Fucking hell. Uh, we left his place in Fitzroy at quarter past ten for a ten thirty start. Mm-hmm. Mate, sailed in with minutes to spare. Saw the opening ball, so no traffic. Wandered straight into our seats. And what day and did you go? From, we went Boxing Day. Okay. So 
30,000 people going straight to the um, to the bar, didn't have to wait, went straight to get a hot dog, didn't have to wait, no lines at the toilets. It was fucking phenomenal. Wet markets every year. Wet markets to kick off every year, keep the numbers down and, you know, keep the numbers away from the sport. Yeah, sure. I went on day three with my dad. Mm-hmm. And um, whereabouts did you sit? I was... I was in the uh, Ponsford stand, I believe it's called. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. in How about a you? different spot. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. Had to wear a collar. Uh huh. Uh huh. Were you? Could you? Were you uh, like behind the bowler's arm, perhaps? But you know what you're allowed to do. You're allowed to take your drink back to your seat. I know. Again. Ah. Uh. Uh, thank you, COVID. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it was the place. Now, was was that a weird situation? Because obviously, MCC, you'd have to drink it, which I found really strange. You have to drink your beers at the bar, and it's like. Why would you do that? Why won't you go to a pub and do that rather than go to your seat and actually enjoy a beer while you're watching a sport? Well, I'll tell you the reason. It's because you get the drink in a glass cup. And so in glass. In glass. So therefore they yeah. don't want you taking it back to your seat because you might you know, someone might oh, go right. you know, Oh, you beat me in the head of the river in nineteen seventy five And there's a punch on. So yep. so other a side, punch on. You that, get a boater hat to the back of the head. They get the, you guys get the uh, the the plastic and take it back to your seat. <laughs> yes, but we we have we do. have it in glass, which I, I I mean I really couldn't care. I don't, yeah, you know, fuck, you know, it's all fun and games. Okay, let's have fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but I actually I looked around. And there was like a dude with like a you know Melbourne can behind me, and I was like, wait a second, like that's not normal. But then I a realized Melbourne like, can. But then in da- the members, dad was like, you know, do you want to get a? Can you get me a drink? And so and yeah, the yeah. bars are empty, and you just walk up to the counter and get the thing and come back. But yeah, yeah. it was fine. Like um uh. But yeah, I kind of went for like a session and a half with him. Yeah, just yeah. kind of have a watch, you know, see what it's like. That was a bit of fun. I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, it was good yeah. to be. You know what? It was actually good to be back at live sport. That was my first, I think, live sporting event for the year. Yeah. Wow. Apart from yeah. the um the dog fighting ring that you run. COVID safe. Uh, can we talk about? It? Um, I actually on the way back to Sydney went to Canberra. Have you been to Canberra lately? Uh, no, I haven't been to Canberra for about four years. No, probably about six years. And the last time I went there, a friend of mine was a speechwriter for one of the um, MPs up there. And he took me on a fantastic tour of the current Parliament House. No way, really? Yeah. Who were they yeah. um, writing for? Uh, I can genuinely say. can't remember. It was a Liberal Party uh, member. Yeah. But um, I, I, can't, I couldn't tell you who it was. But he, was, uh, he used to write for The Australian. And amazingly, he had... Liberal uh, leanings. <laughs> I was gonna say, fucking liberal <laughs> speechwriter who wrote for the Australian. What a yeah, fucking so CV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he, you won't be able to narrow him down. Yeah, sure. He was a producer for Alan Jones's show. For like, <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> so um, he gave me a tour around, and it was fucking great. So it was like on a Saturday afternoon, so there was no one in there. Yeah, sure. And he kind of took me to places that um, you know, you could never, uh, the general public could never get to. And he showed me the one amazing thing that I do remember. He showed me this one photo of a parliament in about 1939, and it had all the MPs, or maybe they weren't all MPs. Anyway, there was this one Japanese uh, guy in this whole photo, and he said at the outbreak. Of after the Pearl Harbor bombings, this guy just disappeared from Canberra, and they were like, "Oh, he was a spy working for Japan." Oh no way! Yeah, huh? So he was just hanging out, and then as soon as um, you know uh, Japan got involved in World War Two, he was like, "I'll see you later, dickheads." So he might have been working for the embassy or something there, or, or just uh, like yeah, perhaps. Yeah, that that would be. That seems about right. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually did a bit of sightseeing. So what I'm saying is, never trust anyone in an embassy. 
I went to um the old Parliament House. Uh, EOP. Yeah, dude, and it was fucking so cool. It was unbelievable. Like I was walking around. In what way? Just walk around. I walk around the whole time. I just walk around, going like, "Oh my god, like this is fucking awesome." And I I stood out the front of the steps and took a photo of the view from there. Um, and I did my Gough Whitlam in my head. And, you know, well, may we say, God save the Queen, because nothing's going to save the Governor-General. And then I walked into the front door to get my ticket, and I just it's said... No, it's no just think, do. Don't think, do. Well, it's actually a bit... They're, you know, great orators, you know, <laughs> of, of the same time frame, actually. Yeah, um, true. And then I went in to get my ticket, and, uh, and I said I was just doing my golf out the front, and the guy was like, yeah, we get that a lot. Um, but he said it... <laughs> you fucking loser. Yeah, well, he did. He said it in kind of way. I've got a friend of mine who worked for Virgin years ago doing the baggage check-in. And she would do the, you know, do you have any extra baggage? And you'd get the, <laughs> just emotional love. And he said it in that regard. Like, I've yeah, heard that. Right. I I've heard it. that a thousand times. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I actually was really apologetic. I was like, sorry, sorry, sorry. I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hang on. Hang on. I'm, just, I'm just writing down. Emotional baggage. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so walked around there, and uh, uh, and it's what eighty eight. So like that's kind of you know preserved as it most likely would have been. I'm not saying it's their stuff, but like that's where Bob Hawke was in the prime minister office, and it's quite a large area. And um, and they yeah. take into the house, both houses, and you can walk around. Um, and essentially, was there was there a beer tap in Bob Hawke's office? Well, good question. Actually, there was a peephole. Thank you. There was a peephole. Really? Yeah. So he's kind of the final, the final, uh, I suppose, uh, staff member. Um, yeah. To to kind of you know make sure who goes in, who goes out. Yeah. Uh, and to find out what's going on in the office, there was a peephole on the door, and so they could yep. look into that door to see who was in there, um, and kind of what was going on. Yeah. But l- literally, there was like a hotel door peephole. Yeah, okay. I imagine uh, throughout that Parliament House too, there would have been a lot of glory holes as well. Well, I feel like it's, uh, you know, it's a uh... mate. Canberra, you gotta, you gotta find your own fun in Canberra. Yeah, there was. You a... know, they didn't have GWS back then. What are you supposed to do on fucking weekends? There was a fireworks centre. Yeah, but actually, yeah. initially when they built the building, the guy, the tour guide was saying that um, uh, for the first few years, uh, Canberra was dry. The the minister who ran Canberra uh, was a teetotaler, and so you couldn't get alcohol, and so that they had to go to Queanbeyan kind of just out on the outside the border to go yep. and get beer, kegs yeah, of beer, right. and then bring it back in. And then eventually they was just like, yeah, it's not really going to work if we can't drink it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The first time I went to Canberra, I had to go to the um, British embassy to get a visa. I had to pick it up before I went over to London. And we went to Fishwick to buy uh, fireworks because that's where you could get fireworks in Australia. And so we walk in and we were like amazed looking at these huge fireworks on the walls and stuff. And the guy's kind of talking us through it. You know, oh yeah, this one, you know, 300 bucks, blow up for 20 minutes, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then we turned to look at the guy and he seriously got like two fingers on one hand, three <laughs> fingers three fingers on the other and like a glass of high. And we're like, oh, nah, we might keep moving, buddy. <laughs> what are you making these out of fucking... Petrol and chlorine. And then I wandered up to the new one and I, th- I just went to have a look at that because I hadn't been there, I think, since like, you know, I was 12, you know. And yeah. that was open. So I went for a walk around that. So that was cool. And then I went to the War Memorial. Check out the War Memorial, man. It's fucking awesome. I have been to the War Memorial. It is great. And you get to now, you get to drink out of a prosthetic leg. Is that right? When and you that's get there? the rule. Yeah, you have to do that. Yeah. It's, ca- it's called a, uh, a shinny. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, I got talking to a guide there because uh, uh, I got talking to a guide there who um, 
because my mum um, told me there was like a place where you can kind of look up ex soldiers, uh, yeah. almost like a little computer, I suppose. Um, and so I got there and I was like, oh, can I look up? Because I wanted to look at my grandfather. I have his war, war records, but I just wanted mm. to look at him again. Um, um, and he's like, oh, no, we don't have that because of COVID and stuff like that. But we've got chatting and, um, and, uh, and I, I told him, you know, he was in the 18th Battalion at Gallipoli and all that kind of stuff. And he kind of was like, oh, yeah, the 18th Battalion went here, went here, went here, went here, kind of told me the history of them. Yeah. And then, you won't believe this, he said to me, are you ex-service? And I was like, oh. What? I was like, oh, nah, I'm a comedian. <laughs> are you ex-service? But I have never had a great, I'm going to take it, I have never had a greater compliment in all of my life for a dude to Mate, say, are you ex-service? You know who you are? You're fucking radar from MASH. <laughs> are you ex-service? Oh, yeah, like, I'll take that phone call. I'll patch you through. <laughs> I was like, mate. That is the fucking most amazing thing anyone's ever said to me. I said, look at my hands. <laughs> you, know what it, you know what it is? Work. You know what it is? It's a, it's a thousand yard stare you've got where you go. <laughs> he could fucking go here. <laughs> he, could fu- he was just saying it to make you happy so you'd back out of the room. <laughs> but I loved it. See, that's lucky. That's lucky that you can go and look up your great grandfather and stuff because I have to go to... Um, I have to go to Germany. Yeah, sure. You have to, to go up. to... Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, in, in some areas of Germany, it's illegal to... Uh, <laughs> to, to <laughs> I have to, to go to Argentina to find those records. <laughs> it's so sad, yeah. I mean, all, the, all those birthday presents you got sent from South America. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just saying, please don't return mail. <laughs> Stop at the border. Now, you got a friend who's got a special thing happening out of Canberra. Yeah, for sure, man. So, we've got a man of ours, uh, uh, Dylan Bay, and he's um, got a podcast we want to give a pump up to. Um, so, it's uh, News Fighters, the podcast. Uh, let me read right now. If you like to have a laugh at the Aussie news medium, well, the clowns in Canberra. Oh, those bloody clowns. They are bloody clowns. Then check out mm. the new uh, Aussie news comedy podcast, News Fighters, which is... Um, been running for a bit over 2020, so you can go back and have a listen to old episodes, but it's launching weekly for 2021, written and presented okay. by Dylan Behan, who um, I worked with on Tonightly with Tom Ballard. So he's a protege? Yeah. Well, no, no. He's, he's been around, been around, man, he's, he's been kicking guys for years. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, but you were his boss, so he's clearly... No, no, it wasn't his boss. No, 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 no. There are no well, it sounds like There are no bosses uh, in company. In no, no, Dylan's... Oh, no, not, that's not what I've heard from people who worked under you, as they say. Dylan was a cracking editor there. And uh, and uh, anyway, he was some of the weekend news, funny clips, dumb commentary, and even some analysis. Uh, check it out, newsfinest.com, uh, or on iTunes, Spotify, or if you get your podcast. But check it out. No, it's really cool, and, and Dylan's really, really funny. So newsfighters.com. Yep. yep, newsfighters.com. Hey, Adam, the uh, AFLW starts up tonight. It's going to be huge. Uh, Carlton Collingwood, I believe it's a sellout, or if it's not, there's only a handful of tickets left. And what is great is they said to people, you can't buy them at the gate, so you need to uh, book them in advance. And people went, we're fucking on it. Yeah, And sure. they did it. And so it's going to be huge tonight. So it's going to be a huge weekend of footy. It's back. Yeah, Finally. For sure, Footy's man, back. For sure. I mean, it comes around so quickly, doesn't it? Like every year. It does. You kind of go think, like, oh, my God, it's so far away. And then yeah. it pops up. So my understanding, I think kids under a certain age are free and then adults are 10 bucks. It's pretty good. Hmm. And then can we contrast the uh, <laughs> the struggles of an AFL M and an AFLW? Player. Well, cause, because, yeah, some of them uh, were in lockdown. Well, obviously, everyone was in lockdown last year, but uh, there was one Geelong player, Mark O'Connor, who was in Ireland to play Gaelic footy and then came back and had to do the two weeks quarantine as is um, 
you know, mandatory when you return back to Australia. And boy, this fella, mate, he he did it tougher than the tennis players have done it. He did it tough. Fuck, man, the tennis players are hilarious. It's so funny. Um, mate, I saw some, some of them. Some of them don't have access to a second swimming pool. Mate. Yeah, I, well, I don't think. I don't think it's a laughing matter. I saw Serena on Colbert, um, kind of earlier today, and she was yep. pretty much like, you know, this is what we need to do to, yeah. you know, to make it happen. But the yeah. other ones were just like, I can't even get my hair washed. Like, and and having said that, that's not actually a t- tennis player. That's like, no, a guy, uh, a, a lady who dates a man who. Um, calls himself on his tax return a tennis player, but I think we all suspect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm worried most about the Australian Open, like talking about crowds returning and stuff. Will there be a big enough crowd at Rod Laver Arena to properly laugh when at a moth on the a court? Moth on the court, yeah. No. Like you know, if if it's only like a hundred people, that's not going to get the laugh. But no, you're you right. need twenty thousand to fucking lose their shit. There's a moth on the court, Michael. <laughs> or or the, the the tennis player just handed his racket. To the ball person. Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> he massaged the lines person after <laughs> they got hit by a ball, Michael. Fuck me. Yeah, sure, sure. And he ran into the crowd and had a sip from that dude's beer. You can't do that in the COVID safe era. But then you also have to wonder, like, you know, given the crowds, like, is there enough room in the court or the like? Do we have the big racket? Okay. Do we have the big racket? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Because no one can hand him the big racket, and you just go, well, if it can't be handed to him, he can't go and get it. You can't sanitize. You can't sanitize a big racket in a matter of seconds. It's hilarious. The yeah, the idea that like <laughs> there are teams of COVID, COVID people just wiping mm. down a big racket just in yeah. case Henri Leconte <laughs> on a, <laughs> in a seniors match yeah. <laughs> wants to play with the big racket. The big racket, mate. It's funny. It's funny shit. Oh, fuck, man. I did watch Henri Leconte about five years ago. Oh, maybe longer than that. I did go to the Australian Open. And went and watched him play with yep. someone else, and uh, and he played against a couple of Aussies, and he he pulled out everything. Like, mate, he's an entertainer. Yeah, like there was the rally, long rally, yeah. and he oh, good. he put the the tennis kind of wrong end up, and kind of sat there, kind of like almost oh, like right. I'm bored. Yeah. You know, I'm not hitting yeah, the ball. Right, right, like he yeah. was, um, oh, classic, laugh? classical con. Yeah, yeah. Tell you what. Anyway, so Mark O'Connor, he had a few weights. A few resistant bands. And the TRX. Do you know what a TRX is? I do know what a TRX is. It's a Yeah, you can hang it from the door. It's just basically a couple of straps. Like almost like, uh, you know, the gymnastics rings that they might use. Similar to that. So it's got handles on it. So you can do squats. You can do push-ups. It's really really very good. I own one and I rate them very highly because you can basically turn your house or your quarantine hotel room into a gym. Yeah, okay, gotcha. And then he had yeah. a ball. He had a Ross Faulkner footy, which I think. Now, hang on, before that, before that, the club also, he's saying he did it tough. The club also organised a treadmill. So this guy's going, oh, mate, it's fucking tough in there. You go, mate, you got a fucking, you got weights, you got resistance bands, you got a TRX. You've got a fucking gym in your room. And then it says, then Joel Selwood and strength mm. and conditioning coach John Leiden organised a Ross Faulkner footy, one you attach to your back and chest on an elastic band, and it comes back quite quickly. So, so isn't like that that product that Joel Selwood has put out? Oh, wait a second. Let's find out. Is that Joel trying to fucking move his own merch? Yeah, I, I, th- I think it might be. So basically you wear it as like a harness and the ball's attached to it with uh, elastic and you boot the ball and it comes back to you. Like, you know, those paddles that you played when you were yeah. a kid with the ball attached to it? Uh, I'm looking up here. Okay, so Ross Faulkner website. Yep. It has uh, a lot of 
anti-Semitic things, actually. That's pretty full on. Um, <laughs> but okay. Yeah, so Joel has been doing ads for the One Touch training The aid. One Touch. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So, so is that Joel's own product? Well, if not his product, but like he's got his name on it. Oh, okay, and then yeah, he's endorsed it. So therefore, that should be that should be marked on the AFL website that that yeah. they're pushing Joel's product. I feel that's quite. That it should be like on the ABC when you mention you know product, you got to you know make hey, sure who on, on Instagram you have to say sponsored content. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and also I you will never see Beck Judd post anything that is sponsored content that doesn't say it's sponsored content, you know? She would never wear Jagged and not mention that she's part owner of Jagged. I mean, I'm looking here too with um, on the Faulkner website and mm. uh, Joel Selwood is selling a flat tummy tea as well. I didn't know they <laughs> were. So, okay, so we got Mark O'Connor talking about, you know, oh, yeah, life's pretty tough, you know, I've got like a fucking free football with a harness <laughs> yeah. and no yep. weights. And then we have uh, Emma Kearney. Um, North Melbourne captain. So yeah. she did a little bit differently. AFLW. And, uh, and she obviously kind of couldn't play sport this year. And so she's gone back to a family uh, farm and being a rouseabout. Yeah. So literally photos of her doing fucking pull-ups in the fucking in the shed. Woolshed. But a rouseabout. So she says, because this is an article by her, she says that's what we call an unskilled worker that helps in the shearing shed. To be a rouseabout, I would pick up the fleece and throw it on the tables and sweep up a bit. Now, I just want to say, uh, Mr. Kearney, how about you fucking pay your daughter for the work she's doing that's really good and point. not just treat her as an indentured slave? That's a really good point. Yeah, we've got to you know, turn, the, turn the torch on Mr. Kearney. Um, yeah, I know, mate. He's fucking, oh, he's fucking rolling in wool money. Uh, it's about a seven-acre property. But it's funny, like, she kept herself fit by kind of jumping up on the hay and grabbing marks. And um, I used some wheelie, wheelie bins uh, to squat. Uh, yep, and as then, a squat rack. And I used hail bales to practice marking. So that I'm worried about that, right? So you've seen the size of a hay bale. Now, if someone throws that at you, your hands are probably a good metre, metre and a half apart, right? Now, if you can grab that, great strength. You don't want to let that go to ground. But I'm going to say football is going to be a little bit smaller. So the first time she goes to take a grab, her hands are going to be so far apart. Look for Emma Kearney to be hit in the face six to seven times before she makes that adjustment to go, fuck, not a hay bale. But I'm looking at it another way. I'm thinking that maybe her brother strapped on the hay bale onto his back and she used that as the ride. So oh. maybe da- dad threw the ball up, and then she jump oh, on the back. You know brilliant. how they, when you know how they take the marking. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and so maybe I'm thinking that that was the way they did it. That's not bad. I can't. That's not bad. Or, or did she wear like a, a harness, and the hay bale was attached to elastic, and then she would kick the hay bale, and it would come <laughs> back, teaching her like her quads will be fucking huge this year, and she'd have fucking vice like grip. All I can think about reading the article here is that just how much hay fever I would have. <laughs> That's what you take away from time. this. Yeah, no, dude. When, like when I f- see hay, you know, things being, you know, fleeces being thrown around, I just think to myself, yeah, yeah. mate, that's a lot of tell fast for Chamber. We went in year seven. We went to it was an excursion. I can't even remember where it was supposed to be, but we rocked up to this farm just outside of Geelong, and I hundred percent swear by this the farmer was not expecting us and he put us to work 
like Emma Carney's dad did. No way. Emma Kearney's dad. Yeah, yeah, we were fucking, we were throwing hay bales on trailers and shit. And we all thought it was great. And it's just like, we are not learning anything. And this bloke <laughs> is taking massive advantage of us. He's got a busload of fucking slaves. Can I tell you a story? I think it's fair. I think, story I think we can. It's uh, uh, From what I can gather, it's like a Billy Brownless story. But okay. it also feels like a a joke, you know, like a... Oh, I think I, I'm familiar with this already, but continue. Is that a farm? Yeah, let's pick holes in it. Yeah, okay. Shoot the horse? Yeah. Well, you've kind of ruined the story now. Yeah, yeah, I have. Okay. Because well, it's an old story, though, isn't it? Yeah, but is it like his or is it like a... No, that's an old That's an old joke. Okay, gotcha. So but he tells it as like a sporty. Quickly, quickly tell it. Spoiler alert, I have already ruined it. Yeah, sure. Okay. So this is the, 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 what Billy Brownless will tell at a sportsman's night, I suppose. Mate, you're ruining his fucking career here, by the way. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah. The man's just got his life back together. He went and had, he had dinner. Christmas lunch. Christmas dinner. <laughs> Christmas dinner with Gary Lyon, mate. I, I fucking, I hope they didn't give him a wallet for Christmas. But anyway. <laughs> tell you Billy Brownless, ruin Billy Brownless's life again. Oh, Go. God, I'd never touch a man's wallet or his wife. He's just looking at Gary, just like <laughs> over the table going, oh, yeah. don't fucking touch her. Don't fucking touch her. <laughs> Do not fucking touch her. You know that, you know. But we all know, we all know that, 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 that saying that Billy made up about yeah, yeah, five absolutely. years ago. I've, yeah. I've always said it, mate. Okay, very quickly. Um, Billy tells a story about uh, him and a mate. They used to go pig shooting on a farm. Um, shout out to the big the pig shooters out there. <laughs> 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 and, uh, and he... Uh, Organised with a bloke, said, you know, all good, come down on Tuesday. He's like, yeah, no worries. Anyway, they show up there at the farm and uh, the guy, and Billy goes, yeah, I'll just pop in and say, you know, um, I just want to give him a heads up, we're here, all good. And he goes, yeah, um, goes in the house. Uh, farmer says, yeah, cool, all good, mate. Do you mind, there's a um, cow down at the back paddock, take me half an hour to get down there. Do you mind if just shoot him in, like it's, um, it's really crook, like we need to, you know, put it out of its pain. And so Billy goes, yeah, sure, sure, sure. And um and then Billy now Billy says no worries Coco Coco yeah <laughs> uh, and then as a bit of fun um as a prank uh, Billy says to his mate when he gets back in the car he says um oh that old bugger he wouldn't let us to go f- you know shooting pigs and so we'll just do it anyway and he's like yeah and so they drive down to the paddock and uh, Billy kind of plays up the act and says oh yeah look yeah this yeah fuck that old bugger and he shoots yeah. a cow. <laughs> and then his mate goes Can you imagine though that at a sporty Like that's fucking You're roaring Like you are fucking It's the last act of the night You've had a few beers You've watched a footy all over right You've had a, you got a few cans under your belt Billy has just told you He shot a fucking cow Against this guy's wishes You are fucking on board Yeah and then his mate goes uh, Yeah fuck that old guy And he, sh- <laughs> he shoots a horse Yeah so that's that's what you can expect. Anyway, we should get Billy for a live show one day. <laughs> actually, we really should get Billy we, for yeah, a live we show. We actually should get Billy. He'd be great. Fucking hell. It'd be enormous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll wrap it up shortly, Adam. But we have, I think, probably one of the saddest news out of 2020. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the fact that Eddie McGuire will be standing down as president of the Collingwood Football Club. Well, I guess he kind of had to. He's made a big call at the end of the... Uh, he went fellow broadcasters. Um, so we, we're we very protective of our own here. We don't like anyone picking on uh, anyone else who we consider our brethren. You yeah. Know? I feel uh, like we're, we're fairly positive on this pod. 
Like yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like you'd be hard pressed to find any times we've ever hey, said. You give me, you give me six to seven hundred examples where we've been <laughs> negative. I don't think you could. I don't think you could. And so Eddie going to step down. I actually think it's a good thing. Well, I think after making this statement, he has to. I, I don't think he's got a choice. I feel like he. Um, I feel like he was getting. I, nah, see, I think he's only been there twenty-one years, twenty-two years. I reckon a couple more. You know, another 15. Yeah, yeah. Just to really, just to know. So you know what you're getting. At the moment, you're not quite sure. What's Eddie about? What's he, what's he thinking? Is it all Collingwood? Is he doing, is he, you know, is he doing things for the greater good of Collingwood or does he just love the game as much as he says? I'm actually pretty happy about it, actually. By the fact, I've been saying for a while, actually, I stand by my words, that um, mm. I think he was getting to a spot where he would possibly hang around too long and then there's a coup and it would end badly it looks for bad. him. Yeah, yep, yep. a bit like um, maybe um, John Howard when he lost the election. He kind of yep. hung around like a term too long. I mean, I know you yeah. voted for him quite a bit, but Absolutely. I feel like like those that thing of a politician when they just hang around a bit too long and then it gets yeah. real nasty and people force them out. I mean, the, qu- the real question is actually like, who's going to replace them. They talk about um, uh, uh, Ned Kelly doing it. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, eh, look, he's got a good business, but I suppose Eddie has a good business too. So, Yeah, but I, w- I would say Ned Kelly or Craig Kelly couldn't do it because he's just, mate, conflict of interest. And there is no way the president of Col- Collingwood would ever go ahead with a job with a conflict of interest. That's a really good point. Yeah, because never, never. And Eddie was <laughs> very strong on this through the Absolutely. whole reign. Saying that I would never have a conflict of interest at any. Well, time. you could tell he would say, "I've got my president's hat on now." Yeah. And now, now I'm just a punter. I'm just a punter talking to Gil McLaughlin, telling him what he should do. <laughs> but I do love with all the uh, hysteria during the um, uh, the trade period for Collingwood, where mm. you know they. I mean, uh, and actually, I don't actually uh, agree. Like they had to kind of offload like a bunch of people for money. So yeah, unfortunately, they just had to do it, and it was got nasty, and it was all yuck. Um, but but this is why we we get to be concerned because mm. Eddie McGuire said um, that AFL's trade radio had created unnecessary hysteria and attention around the Trulola trade. Oh, f- and and you gotta you gotta go with that. It it, it was trade radio that uh, back ended Adam Trelaw's contract massively. They did that. They kept it quiet, but that was trade radio's fault. It was all trade. I remember they came to him. When they came to him and said, we've got a five-year deal, mm. 800 grand yeah. a year. Yeah. Like that yeah, was yeah. Trade Radio. I mean, they're, they're the Radio puppet master. They're, they're the godfather. Do you, not many people remember this. Remember when Trade Radio came out and said that Adam Trelaw wouldn't be able to function properly if his wife wasn't in the state with him? That was Trade Radio. That was Trade they Radio. They said that. The, the, yeah. Beyond the lines. Mate, Bucks, Bucks hadn't even thought of that. He was like, fuck, that, that actually could... That, is that a thing? And he Bucks tried to shut it down. And Trade Radio went, no, 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 mate, we've heard. It was Trade Radio that said that uh, Adam Trelaw wasn't really loved by his teammates that much. Trade Radio just went straight for it. Didn't even ask Adam about it. Do you remember when Sydney came to Buddy with a five-year contract and then Trade Radio mm. said, no, no, let's add another yeah. five to that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you remember when Trade Radio uh, made South Melbourne move to Sydney? <laughs> Like they fucking trade radio powerful man. They're they more are powerful. powerful. And, and we we will, this is our last show because if trade radio get wind of what we're saying, oh here, dude, it's gonna be a nightmare. Yeah, trade radio merged Brisbane and Fitzroy. Fitzroy. Oh mate, that was all trade radio. 
Yeah, I, I remember Trade Radio knocking tins out of Fitzroy supporters' hands no and just way. pouring the change down the, the drains. No way. You trade know, Radio. You know the bloodbath in 1945, the grand final? I do. It's Trade Radio. That's right. Radio. No, no, they sent a message to the current players yeah. in the rooms in Morse code. Mm. That was Trade Radio. <laughs> <laughs> trade Radio split the VFL from the VFA. That is yeah. out of line. Now, I don't want to throw them under the bus here, but... Um, we were never supposed to go to Gallipoli. And Trade <laughs> no Radio, way. No they way. said to him, mate, go to Gallipoli. You'll be <laughs> fine. And fucking our, our diggers no ended way. up at Gallipoli. I, I remember, I remember um, um, Purple's great-great-grandfather was yep. on one of the boats. <laughs> <laughs> he promoted it. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, dude. And that was one of the things about Gallipoli, too. You know, on Trade Radio, you can watch, like, um, you've got a webcam. You watch the door yeah. shut at 5 p.m. That's the thing at Gallipoli, too. Like, you can just see, like, a big door shut at 5 p.m. saying, no more shooting, no more shooting. Yeah. It's Trade Radio. It's all over. <laughs> now, just quickly, we want to leave on this note. Uh, Dylan Grimes has come out with some enormous statements. He He's accusing the AFL of sweeping one of the biggest stories of 2020 under the carpet, Michael. A cover-up. Mm, a big cover-up. So he was saying, so Richmond played Adelaide, uh, Port Adelaide in Adelaide. And he said when Richmond arrived at the team hotel, it had been turned into a homeless shelter, which Grimes claimed jeopardised the biosecurity of players and staff. So he was saying, we came down from a meeting or a team walk or something. Oh, so now you can't remember. All of a sudden, all, all a the blurry. details are very vague. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, has uh, Trade people? Radio been talking to you, mate? Like, yeah, trying exactly. to make the memory builder, yeah. Yeah. So we came down from a meeting or a team walk or something, and the hotel lobby was filled with homeless people. And he says, in Adelaide, if it gets above or below a certain temperature, the hotel opens up as a homeless shelter. Now, I when uh, Richmond would have been playing Port Adelaide, it would have been late winter, so clearly not hot, but would it have been that cold like that? What kind of temperatures are they setting? Because it doesn't get like sub-zero in Adelaide. It gets, you know, 10, 11 degrees. Are the Adelaide um, council that friendly with the homeless people? Basil Zemplis would be turning in his fucking grave <laughs> hearing this info. He's going, like, fucking, get the what? fuck out of here. <laughs> what? <laughs> fucking throw in the torrents. No. <laughs> um, I find it fascinating, yeah, by the fact that uh, I find it really nice that a hotel does that. I think it's fantastic. Well and done, I Adelaide. Also Good find on you. It quite stunning that Dylan Grimes wants nothing to do with homeless people. I think we can yeah, presume that's that. That's what I'm picking up from this. He said, you know, we were crammed into a lift like sardines. Oh my you know, god! Yes. You know when sardines get in a lift? Fuck! Yeah. They like millions of them hop in there. It's nightmare. Fucking nightmare. And they and they press all the buttons. <laughs> <laughs> and he says we weren't allowed to come into contact with anyone. But next thing, you know, we're crammed like sardines into a lift. We were like, how does this happen? We were sterile for so long, and now we're staying in a homeless shelter right before a game. And then also that I might point out that at that stage, players were allowed to go to cafes and restaurants and get takeaway food and the like. So they were yes, allowed out and correct. about in the public. So when he says that, you know, we weren't allowed near people, he's making that up by the fact they were very clearly allowed to be near people. Yeah, but he says he's disappointed the media had not pinned the league for it in contrast to Brooke Cochin's infamous visit to a day spa. So he's saying, oh, she can't go to a day spa against all the rules, yeah. but we are allowed to hang out with homeless people Which is in within a hotel. the rules yeah. because we'd quarantined by then. 
Yes. So I'm wondering, is this another trade radio cover-up? Why does he hate homeless people like that? Maybe, does he ever think maybe the homeless people were talking to each other going, fucking hell, we get to this hotel, it's fucking Richmond. <laughs> I mean, fucking Dylan Grimes was there, fucking Dusty was in the lift with us, it was fucking great. That Brooke Cochin was there, it was fucking, she had her nails did, it was disgusting. I mean, her nails look fantastic. Yeah, and I she went back she out on the wouldn't push a, She wouldn't push a button because she didn't <laughs> want to run. <laughs> hey, footballers in real life, man. Hit me. Uh, from Fired Up. Oh, excellent. Hey, Junk Time. Uh, late last year, I was having breakfast uh, with some... I was having breakfast with some breakfast. <laughs> so it must be, I was having some breakfast. Uh, with some supposed Swans fans at the Lookout Cafe at the Marina in Elizabeth Bay. Oh, buddy, duh. I instantly recognised a very pregnant Jacinta having breakfast with Buddy! There you go. Uh, didn't catch what they're eating, but probably had the birch and muesli and something similarly healthy. Uh, knowing how much Buddy dislikes people, uh, I tried to quietly inform the Swans fans, who had no idea <laughs> what I w- what I was on about. Uh, sorry, Chambo, uh, you got to be doing very well to be at the places Buddy has breakfast. Because I think in the last part I talked about how I hadn't seen Buddy yet in Sydney. Yes. And yeah. I really want to see him. Have you ever met Buddy? Like even across our, you know, we do we did gigs for Hawthorne and stuff across the years, but yeah, yeah, you yeah, met the yeah. great Lance Franklin. Yeah, I've told this story before, but like, um, uh, I think it was like 2014, I think. Uh, went with Limo to um, uh, third mention. Oh yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> um, uh, to a function at the MCJ, like in the uh, Hall of Fame, yep. uh, area, and it was like the jumper presentation for people who sponsor a player yeah right so he's got a Hawthorne group that sponsored Jed Anderson um, yep. and we got chatting to Buddy and um, and he was the kind of dude where you felt like you had to talk louder for him to hear so he's so tall yeah yeah but I've told the story before like he also said um, asked about the t-shirt company was it Nina Pasadena yeah and he said yeah well, we're being sold in Harrods and he said do you know Harrods Oh, of course. And, yeah, and, and you like, laughed. I was like, yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. You'd, you'd, I know how yeah, it's made. You, <laughs> you, you doffed your bow to hat to him. <laughs> oh, buddy. <laughs> oh, buddy. A very good one. <laughs> okay. Go fuck yourself. Uh, from uh, Brendan. Saw Matt uh, Taberner. Taberner, yes. Having a cheeky Gatorade and nothing else. Yesterday morning at the local IGA. His favourite colour of choice was blue. His flavour, colour of choice. What's uh, who's Matt Taverner? <laughs> uh, Freo, Freo Ford. Let me look it up. Sorry, here we go. Yeah, and he's there. He's their new. He's their new replacement for. Um, he basically took Jesse Hogan's job. Yeah, gotcha. Shit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's been there since twenty thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> Should know that. <laughs> Uh, from Andrew, I was sitting in the uh, SOG member stand at the uh, sorry the India T20, doing very well. How good is stadium membership, Michael? <laughs> I saw a very well-dressed man sipping on a beer, and it's a Giants fan. I was excited to see it was uh, Steve Coniglio. I go. thanked him for staying with the Giants and not bailing on us like Jez the Cameron. What a low dog. Going on the cats, what a low dog. Mate, he just wants to be anonymous with millions of dollars. The next day I realised it was the first day of training for the one to four year players, I wonder if those players knew their captain was on the beers uh, right before <laughs> the training starts. 
Does Jeremy Cameron realise that uh, he has gone from complete anonymity to being the fucking centre of Geelong? I know. Yeah, I know. I know. Like he thinks, he goes, oh, no, it's, a, it's a, you know, it's an hour out of Melbourne. It's like a country town. You go, dude, you're fucking going to be under the microscope when you kick zero goals, six and Geelong lose. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I mean, as the guy who's been here for a few years now, like he could walk down the street and no one knows who he is. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that that's what... Jonathan Patton needed to send all those videos and stuff so people would recognise him. A reminder, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from me, uh, so this is like two weeks ago. Uh, yeah. Did you get the Comics Lounge in North Melbourne in Melbourne? Um, uh, and uh, at the front, mm. who was there? Fellow comedian. To, to the chicken train. The chicken train. The chicken train. So... I took a photo. Was he, I think I sent it to so you. So there's an there's an IGA underneath Comics Lounge. Was he launching a book there or anything? <laughs> so he was there. He I uh, had a table at the back with about ten other people. Okay, um, great. Supporting local comedy. Good on him. Was yeah. that a Tuesday night? Open sort of a new material night. Yeah, yeah. And I'd say the people he was with, I'd call them uh, colourful racing identities. Okay, great. Uh, and there was a bit where I there was a bit that I, I mean I killed it, smashed it out of Absolutely. the park. Um, mm. But there was one bit that I remember. Um, I talk about, oh, I can't explain it, but like talk about fuckwits and I say that fuckwits say win and win a chicken dinner and I definitely noticed like a big laugh coming from that table. Like yeah, right. I think by the fact that I said chicken and maybe yeah, yeah, it might yeah. be something he might say. But um, During sex perhaps? But I definitely noticed like there was a bigger noise coming from that particular table from that joke, yeah. When you saw him, did you, is there that thing in your head, and I reckon it'll probably go my, through my head where I go, I hope he's never listened to the Junk Time AFL podcast? No, it didn't come up. It didn't come up just by the fact I figure, like, you know, um, I think the, probably the way he probably got taken to the cleaners in the breakup, in the divorce, um, he's probably fairly careful with money nowadays, so internet might be a struggle for him. <laughs> 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 um, but no, but no. But also... <laughs> The chicken train. Uh, uh, yeah, no, no, I can't. I can't even think about it. It's good to see him. Uh, from, actually, don't have a name here. No. No. Uh, from friend, friend of the show. Uh, doing the weekly grocery shopping at Coles, uh, Gosnells, uh, one of the dodgiest suburbs in WA. Uh, going up and down the aisle, throwing shit in a trolley. I probably don't need when. Going down the toiletries aisle. I see a very handsome fellow in a plain black shirt, grey socks and socks and slides. Slides? Nice. What are they? Slides are like those kind of, um, you know, like a, almost like a thong, but it's got the thing that goes over your foot. Sure. I think yeah. to myself, man looks, man, uh, myself, man, he looks familiar. Uh, I get to the counter and it's none other than former Geelong, current West Coast midfielder, uh, superstar Tim Kelly. He was purchasing nappies and baby wipes. Mm. Uh, didn't bother him uh, as I figured the least I could do, let the man buy nappies without getting harassed by junk time fans. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. He'd love to be recognised. He'd love to be recognised. I mean, it'd be funny though to kind of walk up to a dude one day and just be like, hey man, how you going? And then be like, oh, I'm only talking to you so I can email into yeah. the junk time podcast. <laughs> yeah. And they'd be like, oh, is this a football or is it in real life spot? Like, We're going to hit the road. We're junk time Life pod at Gmail, at Twitter, on Facebook, and the gram. Yorks. Go Blues!
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.